Happy holidays, everyone. It's Michael. Before we get started, wanted to announce that Inside the 18 and the Union GK community will be at the United Soccer Coaches Convention this January in Anaheim, California. So come on out, meet us and some of the Union Pro Mentors while experiencing a live demo of the interactive Union app. So use promo code GKPOD24 for a special rate just for Goalkeeper Podcast listeners. Thanks for making the Union possible. And on with the show. Happy New Year and welcome to Inside the 18. I'm Michael Madgett, live from Hollywood, California. With me in Woodland Hills, California, 99 World Cup winner, Siskia Weber. And joining us from the land of Oz, down under the one and only Gotham FC goalkeeper coach Brody Sams. What's up, dude? Good morning. G'day, good morning. How are you all? <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Brody. Uh, Thank you for having I mean, me as always. You, you, it's a real pleasure. I mean, you know somebody is a is a is a goalkeeping enthusiast when they're willing to wake up early on their vacation and come on a goalkeeping podcast. Uh, I love Mike. I love Mike is like 8 a.m. is like early because Mike doesn't get up till 10. (laughs) (laughs) Like don't, don't email him. Don't text him. Don't call him before 10 (laughs) o'clock. That must be nice, Mike. (laughs) That must be nice. (laughs) Well, it's because he works at night. It's because I work at at night. To to be be fair, sometimes literally an entire work thread on a text thread will will take place before I've even woken up. And then I wake up and I'm like, hey, everybody, apologize. Just joining (laughs) in on this right now. Uh, But that's that's been the last two weeks for me because everything that I've got, I wake up and I'm like, oh, I'm getting the end of your work day because <laughs> we're <laughs> in the future over here. It's been wild. Uh, wake up and go, go, go to all the emails, respond to all the emails. I know, man, Brody, for you, it's almost 2024 literally over there. Oh. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, but, but seriously though, I mean like it is like a, it is like a day and it's crazy because like, I know like during the expansion draft, like you were still working and oh, you were like, <laughs> oh my gosh oh really oh my okay yes a few texts to ask and work with you and i was working with the club it was it was interesting it was cool to like have to manage the time zone on this side of the planet uh this time because usually i'm just trying to manage time zones with everyone back here in terms of my friends and family but this time it was wake up get to work figure out what i've got to catch up on over the last eight hours well, well, I mean, it's it's been a whirlwind year for you, obviously. You know, for those of you guys who are unfamiliar, obviously, you know, you won the NWSL championship. I mean, congratulations on that. That is just massive. With 17 goalkeepers, 17 goalkeepers came through. <laughs> Basically, almost every single player played in goals. <laughs> so straight up, Suskia wow. talks about this on TV all the time, Susk, right? You'll always talk on CBS. You always talk about, you know, next person up, next person up. And Gotham really... I mean, kind of really emphasize that, you know, it was, it was next goalkeeper up for you all. Well, I think it, and it was a testament to their to quality of training. Do you know what I mean? I mean, to, to have to go through that many goalkeepers and win a championship is, is, you know, hats off right there. And it says something about the core that you had there and you and everything at Gotham, because that's not easy to do. I mean, when the red card came out at the end of the at the end of the championship, I was like, "Is Brody gonna have to hop in? Like, what's going on here? Like, how <laughs> how are they gonna make this work?" Hey, and oh, by the way, that. I would have done the same thing. It was a good card. Like, I was like, <laughs> "What are you gonna do this late in the game? Just try. Just just don't even That's not exactly try it. to deal with it. Just 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 get the red card." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I think you know, I've I've wrapped my brains about it, and and. You know, we've got hindsight to watch the clip a thousand times, but it, like you say, Scott Sask, in the moment, I think that that's it. That's you just, just, yeah, because I mean, had, she, you had she not, had she waited, she would have been beat. Yeah, like, and I if mean, she comes forward, they're probably both going to hospital. So, yeah, and you can go back and kind of say, well, like positioning stuff, yes, you can go into mm-hmm. those things, but in the moment, I think it was the only decision, the right decision. I know I talked to Jill Boyden about it. I was texting with her and she goes, I would have done the same thing too. I said, me too. Yeah, (laughs) I I, I think so as well. I think, you know, at that moment, it's just the, the, you know, it'll take care of itself. Whatever's meant to happen will happen in that moment, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That was crazy. 
so Brody, before we kind of get into today's topic, and I think it's going to be a really good one, and thank you for putting this whole presentation together. We're really excited about this. Um, you know, why don't you kind of just like kind of wrap up like how this whole season was managed by you and the entire department there? Because obviously we're kind of poking fun at the fact that there were a lot of goalkeepers, but obviously a lot of challenges when you have consistent injuries, when you have players leaving, you know, for other reasons and things like that, such as call-ups and international experience and all that. So why don't you just kind of chat about like how you were able to incorporate a different goalkeeper into the system and still make it work? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we'll talk about a little bit of this because it started all it all started in preseason last year um, because we had a we had a, a new goalkeeping department again. We had Mandy coming back to the club. We had Abby who was a new goalkeeper from Portland, and then we had Michelle who was staying on. Um, and so, you know, essentially, I had to I had three people who believe that they can all be number ones, um, and that's that's a testament to themselves, um, and that also makes the dynamic and the competition very high which is great. I think that was a huge reason for why they all, um, you know, performed well. They just kept pushy, pushing each other every day because of the environment. Um, but I think the big one was me to, I, I, you know, the first thing I did was got an understanding of who they are um, as people and as players and their experiences. And then I tried to bring all of that together and combine that with what I like to do and my beliefs. Um, and, then I, and then I aligned it to how the new coaching staff wanted to play um, and what they required of the goalkeepers. Um, and we, again, we'll touch on it in the presentation, but essentially it was just, yeah, making sure that I was very clear on what we needed to do and then making sure that all the players were also clear on what we were trying to do and they knew how we were going to achieve that, achieve the goal essentially. Um, and so it was just being really clear early on, um, both from me, from the, from the technical staff and also getting clarity from the players around where they're at and who they believe they are and what we, what, what they believe they can bring to the table. You know, you know, Susk, obviously, you know, you you were coaching, you know, at UCLA and, and you had, you know, a situation where you had a, a lot of goalkeepers who all felt that they could be the, the number one. And and you had some situations where you had, you know, when when Lauren wasn't available, you know, other goalkeepers stepped in and and, and were still able to be successful for you all. Yeah. And again, I think like going back to what Brody said, it's that environment, it, you know, you want your goalkeeper crew, like everybody to feel that they have the confidence an ability to start for your team. And you don't want to see somebody settle into the third spot or, or anything like that, which is why I call, you know, everybody one and a half, you know, you're, you're, and you, because you never know what might happen. And, and, and this is point proven, you know, and so, <laughs> and so if you have a goalkeeper crew that kind of sits on their laurels and like, well, okay, you know, Lauren's the starter, let her play. Then I don't think mentally you're, you're ready for that person to go down during a game and have to come in with no warm up with anything and come off the bench or looking forward and saying, Hey, guess what? You're playing the, you have to play the whole entire playoffs, <laughs> you know, like where you haven't played that much all season. And so creating that environment where everybody's battling for number one, and if they don't start, they get it, but they still are pushing each other for that moment. I, you know, I, it's interesting that you said that Suskin and, and Brody, obviously, you know, I, I want to ask you, Brody, you know, obviously you're at the professional level right here. Everyone is playing for their livelihood. How do you, as a, as a goalkeeper coach, and I think this would be useful for a lot of young coaches out there listening, how do you make everyone feel comfortable and feel like they're part of that community so that there is people rooting for the person behind them or the person in front of them rather than, than, I think, I think getting them again back, getting them all on the same page to have the same sort of expectations. Um, one of the group that they're going into and the context that they're going into and making sure, like Sask said, that there's no one who's going to settle for being third, second and first. It's all whoever's uh, performing the best holistically will be the one who, you know, who will play. Um, and then the rest who aren't playing have supporting roles within the team or even if they're not in the squad, they have a, a you know, responsibility and set roles to perform so everyone has something to do it in all moments whether you're on the pitch or not and i think it's clear that everyone it's important that everyone knows what that what that is in the, in the moment and then when the the names are chosen or the person is chosen to fill each role that they're ready for either of you know whatever the responsibility might be um and that was something that they the three goalkeepers um this year did really really well it wasn't easy for them you know granted individually of course no one likes to find out they're not playing when they believe mm -hmm. they should be playing 
um, that's always difficult. But again, if the goal, if you've got a good environment around it and they know that they're getting supported individually, but they've also got direct um, objectives or, or responsibilities while they're not playing, they can't really take the time to, you know, focus too selfishly and, 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 and waste energy on all of that stuff. So that was probably one of the key ones for us is that it was team first, individual second, right. but the individual is getting their work done through our work as the goalkeeping department and within the goalkeeping department and with IDPs and everything like that. So and you see you know, it. Indiv- sorry. I mean, you see it. I saw it. I saw it at UCLA when you have maybe an individual that doesn't understand their secondary role, like let's say during warm up or during whatever, and isn't taking it seriously, isn't on point, and they're like, isn't as simple as knocking good flighted balls in, like if they're helping and stuff. And I've looked at them and told them to go sit on the bench and take a walk. And then, mm-hmm. like, expect for you not even to be on the field next game if that's because that's to me that's not team first, you know. And you're you're on the field. You don't know if you're gonna have to play today, you know. Yeah. But you know, maybe prepare the starting goalkeeper as if prepare yourself as if mentally. And if that's the mentality that you have, then you're not a part of this crew. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred you know, percent. And I saw that passion, you know, before we move on to the topic, Brody, I saw that passion, you know, at the championship, you know, live in person, literally on the field. I think I actually got to wave to you while you were sending in some crosses. I remember that. Mike, were you a fanboy? I was, I was, I was like, hey, I was Brody. the fanboy of Mike. I was the fanboy of Mike. I was going to come off the field and get a signature from you. Oh, <laughs> uh, if it weren't for the fact, if it weren't for the fact that I literally, oh, it was so stupid. I ended up having to headline a show that night in Los Angeles. So I had, I literally, as the championship ceremony is about to start, I'm like, I'm getting in my car and, and I'm heading out. And, uh, and I run into Lou, actually I run into Louie from, from wave and, uh, he's got a better excuse. He's got, you know, a baby. Uh, which means that he's like, I can't stay around for the confetti and stuff like that. Plus probably still what probably still wasn't the environment he wanted to be in after the week before, but, um, yeah, yeah you know, anyway, um, I do want to get into this topic cause I think it's really important. A lot of, a lot of coaches, you know, especially on the professional side and the college side are going into their preseasons, uh, whether it's spring ball, whether it's their, their pro season, um, Let's kind of throw this up here, right here, Brody, because I appreciate you putting all the time here. Um, I love the fact that you've got both preparing for preseason and the draft because you, at the professional level, they kind of go co- you know go side and side, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they do. And I mean, it, with the goalkeeping uh, department specifically, you know, sometimes like the team was always in, involved with the draft, and they've always got to go through the whole process. But I think depending on your goalkeeping department within the team would depend on how sort of important that each season's draft is or how important it might not be. You know, you might not need to prioritise focusing on the draft over your pre-season plan if you've already got a goalkeeping department that's set, for example. Um, but if you don't, then you might need to obviously focus on that draft and have some processes in that in place to, to mm-hmm. you know, build a new department or whatever it might be. So there there are some some little aspects in here we'll talk about, um, you know, that we'll touch on the draft. Um, but with my experience, I haven't had too much uh, to do with the draft in terms of goalkeepers. Um, we've drafted some outfield players. Um, and when I first signed it to Gotham two years ago, we, we drafted Hensley handcuffed. But I that was sort of just before I'd signed. So um, in terms of actually signing a goalkeeper from the draft, I haven't got experience with it. But in terms of the processes, you know, we'll go through some of those here, here today. Um, yeah, but the, uh, the the whole idea behind this is to basically have a process and, and or, or a set of ways of working to help you maximise your maximize your preseason. Um, and then that way that would build the foundations for your season. Um, and, and a lot of this is what I, um, you know, there's some screenshots and things that I started with, with the goalkeeping department with Gotham this year, just gone. Um, and this is what we did for our preseason. So... Um, what you can see there is the the phases of preseason prep. So you can break it down. So once the season's happened, you've you've played the game. You can go into the reflect reflect and evaluate phase, which then goes into a planning phase, which then goes into a preparation phase, and then you can then go and conduct and execute all of that, which would be you know the first couple of days of your preseason uh, there. So we're going to talk about the reflection, evaluation, the planning, and the preparing more so than anything. Um, and these are some of the ideas that you can have for, for basically, yeah, how you would structure your, how you structure the preseason. 
Um, so, so if you go to, I, I, yeah, sorry. Really quickly, Brody, I, I want to ask Suski about mm. this because I think, you know, one of the mistakes I think that a lot of, of young coaches make, Susk, you know, and, and, and I'm talking about even at the youth club environment is that they're not honest when in their reflection evaluation. I mean, obviously we've talked about this, you know, with Sergio and Liv on regarding IDPs for their players and, 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 and being honest in that evaluation, you know, how, how can like, let's say if you're in, in an environment like a, like a college environment that doesn't have, you know, all the bells and whistles that, that, you know, Brody does, you know, with at the highest level with it, with, with Gotham, how do you make sure that you're being honest at this? Is it just simply just journaling and just keeping track day in and day out? Well, for the individual, yes. I think, you know, when you mean by being honest, are you talking about the goalkeeper or are you talking about the coach to the goalkeeper? I'm talking about both. I'm talking about both because I think I Brody, mean, I think one, I, number, yeah. number one, it's not something that it's something that you should, you know, you should have had, evaluations and meetings throughout the season. So anything you come and anything postseason and going into preseason shouldn't be like a surprise to the keeper. It shouldn't be like all of a sudden like you suck at 1v1s. Sorry, I'm just being blunt. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like this is this is a you're building on this and you're building on what you went through th- through the season, what you've worked on through the season and now going into the preseason off season like their off season and everything. You know, you're focusing on a few things, having them focus on a few things so they come back at a certain point fit and, you know, have focus on the things you discussed individually. And they're already aware that they need to work on as well as maintaining a certain, like I said, a certain level of like fitness and everything. You don't want to see that drop off because you don't want to spend preseason getting your, your field players or your keeper fit. Like that just pisses you off. Like to be honest with you, like I just spent, yeah, I just spent two weeks getting you fit. Had you come in fit, we could be two weeks ahead of ahead of ourselves right now. Um, And so, like I said, this should be it. Should have been an ongoing discussion through the season. That now it's just kind of a culmination of all of those things, and now pinpointing what what they want to work on. You know, yeah. You know, and I'd say in college, that's a bigger problem probably than than I experienced in pros for the fact of call. I think the fitness level and and college drop off of where they come in at preseason can suck (laughs) to me can be really bad. Like, you know, because they they've been gone for longer than, you know, much longer than pros have off, you know, and so it's and it's not fun <laughs> get, get them fit again you're like did you catch a ball in the past five months <laughs> 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 yeah I, I mean i mean brody brody feel free to step in any any time but i i, I want to ask you just really quickly before you kind of talk a little bit about this the exit meetings and everything i think you know, one of the biggest problems I think a lot of times is that young coaches they get frustrated when they come into the preseason and they see that everything that was discussed during the exit meetings, nothing, none of that is translated and, and, and they're on day one of that preseason. Do you do sometimes do coaches hold their expectations too high and, and not recognize that this might be a process throughout the preseason? Um, I mean, I'm not I'm I'd never say don't have high expectations. I think high expectations are a good thing to have. Um, but I think with that, you've got to have the support to, you know, to be able to help people with whatever they're doing. So for example, if you do expect them to go give them a plan, you expect them to do mm-hmm. it, they've, they've got to have like the actual resources or ability to, mm-hmm. to execute it. They can't just give them a piece of paper and say, go and do it. And let's say they've got no access to equipment or whatever it might be. So right. you have to make sure that they can actually achieve what, what you've set out to achieve. Um, or if they can't, then you need to have a process or an ability to, to lower your expectations or have a plan B kind of like if they come in at this level, great. If they come in at this level, I'm ready yeah. and prepared. I think that's probably that's what I that's you know, that's what I would do. Yeah. And that's what you know I have done here. We've we've got a baseline as to where they finish the season. And and at that point, this is what you'll see here. This is just kind of like an example. Um but this would just be your. This is similar, very similar to what Serge did uh, the other week with his exit meetings, uh, his interviews. They just give them a few key key points to go and focus on. And so, like if you you can see in there, the reds basically is what I would say for the goalkeeper to focus on in the off season. They're the key ones that that specific goalkeeper needed to focus on, um, and. Provided they do that, when they come in day one, we're starting to move to the yellow, the yellow boxes, and then the green boxes. 
um, in in that form, which is essentially what are your what are your priority focuses? Then what are the next what priority focuses? And then what what do we need to sort of maintain? So that's given to them at the end of the season. Um, so they've got some direct uh, direct um, things to go and work on, and then with the back of that, they'll get complimentary exercises, whether it's like, um, you know, some things to do with a ball and a wall or a ball and a rebound mm-hmm. or a board and a, and a goal or with one server, for example. Obviously, goalkeeping is a bit different because you kind of need someone to kick with you or work with you, um, um, especially if you're doing out-of-possession work. But, um, again, that, that sort of comes down to do you have a base that you want them to be at and do you have like a, a top level you want them to be at? And if they don't sort of hit that top level, are you able to be realistic and make sure that, your your expectations aren't blown through the water, and you're going to waste time wishing they were something that they're not in day one. So I think it's you've got to have a bit of a blend, and you've got to adapt. But if you can give them as much information as possible, and you can give them as much support as possible to help them and to guide them as to why they should do these things and what will happen if they do do them, then come day one they're already going to be better, and maybe they might buy in a little bit to that. Um, but it's not easy. Right? This is the holiday time as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think one of the key things you said is knowing their environment. Like, what environment are they going back to? And it is key. It is, it, you know, it. It's not as easy as you know. It's. I think field players have it easier in a sense. And yes. um, you know, for a goalkeeper, if they're going back and they don't have access, and you would hope as a pro that you do. But you never know, you know, and so yeah. if they don't have access to what they need, how, what do we what can we do as a as a team, as a core to to set that up for you wherever you're mm-hmm. going to be? And don't t- get me wrong. Everybody needs to rest as well. That's just as important. You need to take the time off and everything. You know, you don't have to be hitting the ground the, the four months you're out of season, like, you know, build into it. But yeah. knowing that person's environment is really, really, really important. And being able to set things up for that environment, you have that luxury more so with a goalkeeper crew than with 30 players, 30 field players. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. I want to bring up a couple a couple things, Saskia, that you just said on there right there. And I, I want to kind of address it to both of you, but specifically to you, Saskia, because you were in the college environment. I think one of the biggest problems in the college game, you know, and I'm not trying to harp on the college game or anything, is like, is that you'll get these off-season training programs given, and I'll, I've get I'll get it. They'll they'll come to me to to work with me during the summer, and they're like, this is what this is what the trainer said for me to work on. This is for the soccer players. I'm like, well, yeah, this is for field players. Like you didn't, your, your department did not build an off season program for you to improve. They're basically asking you to do the field player program. But I put that on, on their, their coaching staff as well. Like for me at UCLA, I went to, you know, our, our strength and conditioning coach and sat down with him and said, I need a different program for, for the goalkeepers. And he was a goalkeeper, but I, I, that's in season as well. I need a different program for the goalkeepers. Yep. And so, you know, we structured a different training program in their offseason. There is a basic training program to keep yourself fit as an athlete that, that yep. you know, I, it's like I hate when goalkeepers would come back from break at college. I'm like, do we have to do the beep test? And I'm like, yes, you have to do the beep test. And I'm just like, <laughs> I, I, go, I go, stop stressing out about it. It's, it's just a baseline for me to know where you're at. I'm like, I'm not yeah. judging you on like, you're not, I'm yeah. not asking you to beat Raylan Turner right now. I'm just asking, yeah. I want to see where you're at as an athlete, you know, like, um, so, and that's what I would tell them. So there's a certain, there's a certain medium line of fitness as a professional athlete to, to achieve. But yes, you're, you need a different program. 100%. Yeah. By the way, my yeah. fa- my favorite thing, Brody, is, is right here. It says NWSL Gotham FC Goalkeeping Department 2023 season review. <laughs> and it's literally just the championship celebration. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's like we did everything well. right. I don't know what to tell you. Review. Everything was great. <laughs> no. Pretty hard to argue no. this right here. To be honest, this is just a screenshot of like the top of the form that I send just to, <laughs> to give an idea. Um, um, so essentially, I sent out. Uh, a survey at the end of the year to the goalkeepers um, to ask them about the goalkeeping uh, department and how their year went individually and, 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 and went through all of these different things to allow them to express how they how they felt in a safe way um, and open way. Um, and it just goes through everything because it, it'll help me 
determine the relationships I need to have with the high performance department, with the technical department, with everybody to make sure that their experience um, is the best possible. And this comes back to how to manage the three who want to play but might not play. If they're getting looked after in all of the other, all of the other areas and they feel like they're supported, it will, um, it will help them um you know fulfill the roles of when they're not playing and then when they are playing it should should allow them to go and express themselves fairly fairly openly and honestly um so that was a that was a big one for me is is just asking lots of questions allowing them to express their um their you know ideas and their beliefs and their feelings because at the end of the day they're the ones who are on the pitch they're the ones going through it all but they're also the ones who can't see everything that they're going through and that's our job as coaches to try and pick any gaps and we can help them but if they don't tell us anything or if they just assume that we know everything and can read their minds, then they won't actually get the best program for them and they won't get the best out of themselves or it'll be a little bit harder. But anyway, I found the surveys have been a massive one. And that's what helps you build your pre-season because you take mm -hmm. all the information from that survey and you go, well, all right, no worries. Because you'll have good things, you'll have bad things or, or things that can improve, um, you know, and if you ask open and you're able to be vulnerable as a coach and you don't take things personally because it's just about making them better, then they'll give you feedback. They'll be open to you and then you can make their, the program better, which will in turn make them better and it will just the whole thing improve. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely recommend a survey postseason to then set your preseason up. I, I, I love this. I love this right here. You know, the, the only the only wrinkle I'm kind of seeing about the Suskia in the college game, and, and it's something that we just we all need to just improve at in regards to, you know, our, our behaviors with our with our goalkeepers coming in is that, you know, if you're a red shirt freshman, um, you may be uncomfortable giving your honest feedback because you don't know you don't know yeah. kind of know where you're where you stand. So how do we. Yeah. How do we make that safe space, Suski, at the college level where we're dealing with an 18 or 19-year-old versus Brody dealing with a 26, 27-year-old? Well, I mean, it's it's you're going to give your feedback, but I think being in this environment long enough as a coach and, and doing this, you'll know when somebody's not being forthcoming, not being honest, and have that sit down and have that talk with them to say, you know, usually what tends to happen then is the answers are short and vague. You know, <laughs> and, and that's <laughs> yeah. kind of obvious. So, so um, you know, def you just have to have that conversation. You have to create an environment where they can feel safe enough to do that. The other difference in the college game is you're not – there's a blackout period. Like, you can't coach them. You can't – like, you, you can give them the tools to leave with, but you're not supposed to be in touch. I don't know if that's changed, but you're not supposed to be in touch with them you're not, you have to give them their time off for college and for for life and stuff like that. So that's, there's a very big difference there than being able to manage your players and stuff as a pro, even though they're not with you. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, no, you're, you're, I mean, you are right about that in regards to like that whole aspect of like this student athlete and, you know, finals and, and then the, the dead period and, and everything like that. So that, that is a really good thing to, to balance there. Um, yeah. So, I mean, players have to understand that as well. Like, okay. So it, you are making them grow up and being accountable because they're, I can't micromanage you. Not that I would want to. Um, but as a coach, you can't micromanage them because of those blackout periods and stuff like that. So hopefully you've instilled some sort of accountability in them and yeah. they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Let, 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 let's talk about this plan right here, you know, Brody, because I think, you know, you, you, you talked about this as well too, in regards <laughs> to, you can put this six week cycle together of the preseason, mm. you know, and it's kind of based in concept, based on the feedback that you've been given, you know, mm. from those, from those exit interviews and the survey and everything like that. And you could show up day one and be like, well, first off, so-and-so is now injured or just went on loan. And now yep. so-and-so mm -hmm. just come into the program you know, or last minute, you know, so-and-so retired and so-and-so was picked up from mm. Europe or whatever. And now things are kind of all over the place. So how do you take what you've put together so concrete and so meticulously and be adaptable like you were talking about? I think it's about having and using what you've got as a framework and as a guide um, more so than using it to drive every single thing that you do. Because I think it being adaptable, you know, just like being a player on the pitch is probably the key. Like you've got to have 
a toolbox full of tools that you can use in any given moment and you've got to be the one to decide what tool to use in what moment. And I think um, the being adaptable is the one that will help you, you know, do that best. And that's no different to to here. This this uh, thing that you can see on the on the on the screen is kind of like a, a framework or a guide that you can then go and put all of like you would use this as a structure, but you can change the actual specifics within all of the boxes if you want to say that. Um, to suit exactly what you might need you know if you don't have a goalkeeper who's available you can change your change a session change your context change your topic whatever it might be like you can adapt on those things but the key for pre-season though is you, you do have to build a foundation and with that you do have a certain process to follow especially with the physical side of stuff um you know when it comes to the conditioning and things like that you don't want to you don't want to miss that um but again i think that within you, you have a you have a framework so like you know within this one you'll see you've got the first two weeks are about building strength endurance and then you're sort of going between strength endurance and speed for the next two weeks and then as you start ramping up to the later stages of the pre-season you're going into speed um to you know sharpen people up obviously to perform but that's essentially the 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 high level periodization across the six weeks but within that you can do whatever you need and 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 however your goalkeeping department is structured in that moment will determine sort of um you know exactly what you need to do if you've got less people maybe they need a little bit more rest or if you've got more people maybe they need to do more uh, reps at once to get the like you, you'll have to adapt on the fly but hopefully you've also got staff members who can help you do that when it comes to the physical side, again, preseason is, is, is a lot about building a physical base as well as obviously the technical tactical base. But hopefully, as we saw before, if you're doing a good off-season plan, there should be a little bit of that the a base for, for those things as well, especially tech, uh, technical and physical. Um, and for college, for college keepers out there listening, you don't have six weeks, so yeah, keep that weeks. in mind. You've got less, two yeah weeks. more. You got two weeks, I think max. So, so, yeah. so your yeah, off season wow. program is even more imperative because two weeks into you coming back, getting settled in the school and everything like that, you're playing. So, yeah, you don't you don't have six weeks. You don't, which would be amazing. Yeah. Well, imagine, yeah, can I imagine that? I mean, I, I came from Australia. I mean, that some was of our preseason was like thirteen weeks. That was wow. COVID for us. Basically, we had an entire which was supposed to be an entire fall season fall right mike to yep. train and so it was like by the time the fall season ended up being in the spring we had trained for for that those months and it was like yeah. all right you know but like like i said for college kids out there listening you you know it's really important that off-season program because you only have two weeks coming in even more see 100 so, yeah, percent that's that's mind-blowing <laughs> isn't oh. it yeah, yeah, the college crazy. game. College game's an interesting animal. That is, uh, and then like three months later, the season's over. <laughs> yeah, just you know, gone in a flash. That's wild. Mm -hmm. So you've got to be super efficient. Then you've got to be super efficient and 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 take that accountability, as you said. It's very important as the player. Yeah. Wow. Brody's now completely evaluating the goalkeepers in the draft in a very different and, way. Now. And like, he's like, oh, they played like four games. And two games <laughs> a week. And two games yeah. a week. And everything. So yeah, you've got to be efficient. Mm. Uh, um, awesome. I, 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 I want to talk about this. And by the way, for anybody who's mm. who's watching this right here, um, just let let you know that like it is going to be available on Brody's channel on the Union app. So if anybody here is like, oh, I missed this slide here, I really want to get more in depth in it. It's going to be on his channel. Um, yeah. And, and thank and you even for putting. The... Go ahead. Sorry, Mike. I was going to say that if like the screenshots and things that I have here, like I've got these are all in just documents that um i've got as well so if people wanted to look into the you know bigger documents or look at all of the specific things just let me know we'll, uh, you know sure sure we can arrange something but happy to happy to help share um, the ideas let, let, let's talk about this right here because uh i love what yeah. you're saying here on the building the foundations thing because of the scouting and the recruitment process obviously i'm assuming this means that you're talking about bringing in new players into the environment so talk about how that process kind of affects your preseason yeah so this is the prepare phase of the of the cycle we spoke about before and i think in that off season uh, or postseason phase preparing for pre-season this is an element that you will probably have to think about um 
you might have to bring in new players, you might have retiring players, you might have injuries, you might sell, you might trade, whatever it is. So you've got to have a scouting and recruiting process um, that you know allows you to continue the the development of your um, of the goalkeepers de- you know department really. Um, and so what with this you can you can you can look all the all around the world, but you can also look um for you know at the park and try and find someone at the park essentially so you've got to have a, a method for how do you do that and how do you find the right people to suit your organization essentially um and so this is the key time for that like with gotham for example you know we we sold uh, or traded mandy at the end of the year um after you know she played for us and so now we've got to try and find someone to to fill the spot and like sask said you're looking for 1.5s across the department. Um, and so we've got to have a process in, in how we do that. Do we go through the draft? Do we go internationally? Do we go um, so on and so forth? So that's what that scouting or recruitment process is. And we'll talk about that in a little little while. Um, but the other key things to have are, and to build these foundations of the, of the pre-season, are to then have like introduction meetings. Um, and that can be with players or prospective players um and it's important to have like a structure of what you want to get through in your phone calls and your meetings so it's efficient you're ready for it so that um you know again you're kind of selling yourself you're selling the club but at the same time this they're, they're selling themselves to you to try and see if it's the right fit and then from there the you know the clubs and all the organizations will then work out the the finer details and the contractual things um, but again, you've got a key role to play in as a goalkeeping coach to set the tone, to set the intention, to set that that foundation. And, and this comes back to something you said before, Mike. Um, it's about you know developing the relationships uh, and and showing that you know you're there for the person, um, and then they'll start buying in and trusting you. And that's something that will allow them to eventually open up with answering some of those questions and and um, you know if they trust you and they believe in you because you will help them essentially, then, um, you know, that's, that's what will help. And so having a good introduction, setting a good base at the beginning, um, you know, first impressions kind of thing is something you can plan for and prepare for as a goalkeeping coach. Um, there's a few structures later on. You know, it's funny. This literally sounds like college recruiting. It sounds like it sounds exactly the same as college recruiting and, and how many young goalkeeper coaches out there in the college game let, another assistant handle recruiting and they don't get involved in the process. And then they, 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 him and ha and so-and-so comes into their program, but they never spoke to, they never really spoke to this person. Yeah. There's some things with that in college though. <laughs> like, like there's certain, like as the majority of goalkeeper coaches out there in college are volunteers, they can't do a certain amount of recruiting. They can't do stuff off campus. Like they, there's, there's some, things that other people do have to handle it for a reason just to get some of the coaches out there's back. So I understand that they're, okay, they're okay. kind of pigeonholed in that sense, but yes, it, it does sound like it. I, I, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, yeah. It, it's a whole, di- <laughs> it's a whole, dif- it's a whole different, it's a whole different animal for sure. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, but, but, but I think it's really interesting, you know, Brody, that you said it, that the process starts before you even bring the goalkeeper into the environment. Mm, mm. Um, well, thinking out like, loud, like yeah. thinking out loud, the goalkeeping coaches who are at the college, you, you know, they can help the other, the coaches who, like the assistant coaches, for example, who might have to take those meetings. Maybe they can help guide oh, what they're looking would, for. And I'm sure, I'm assuming that's happening, in, obviously. But Oh, yeah. I would sit in the yeah. meetings. I looked over the video, like all videos sent yeah. in. I actually... Yeah would find like kids in the park. <laughs> like I like the way yeah, you use yeah. that term, but, um, and everything like that. So yes, you're, you're totally, you should be. And hopefully your coaching staff makes you totally involved in that. Yeah. But the mm-hmm. process starts. And even for college, the start, the process starts years before, like years before, you know? So yeah. yeah. By the way, I, I would, I would laugh have because kids that I, kids that I was looking at when I was a college coach are just committing now and they still got another year of high school. <laughs> like they're juniors, yeah, yeah. you know, but you were looking at them when they were 12. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I, I, I really, I really hope in like February, there's like a, there's like a thing. It's like, it's like Gotham FC announces, like we've just signed so-and-so uh, after Brody Sam saw them playing in the park in Brooklyn. Uh, that's, we're just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, what, Maria Sanchez never played club. 
So let's just leave it at that. And she just signed a $1.5 million extension deal with, with Houston. So you never know. hundred <laughs> percent. Definitely can be done. Definitely can be done. Um, okay. So let, let's talk about this, uh, getting back into the, into the prepare and the scouting and the recruitment here. So yeah, what, yeah. what, what, what do you got going on right here, Brody? So this is just a d- dive further into the scouting or recruitment that we spoke about before. Um, so like Sask says, you ideally you've got a goalkeeping database. If, if early you can go back and have, you know, notes on some of these players, if you know, from their 12 years old, that would be great because then you can follow along and follow their journeys. Um, but ideally you build a, build a goalkeeping database of, of goalkeepers that you like the look of or who, who might, who might have, you know, potential, um, to fit the way you know the way you like to play and the way your, your organization plays, and that goes into the prioritizing and profiling players. Because I mean, there's thousands of goalkeepers everywhere. He he just he just he just froze. Well, well, you know, well. Speaking about speaking about that, you know, Susky, in regards to like that database, obviously, like if we for anybody out there who's listening, who's going through the whole college recruiting process, and I talk about this when I mentor you know young players, you know, through the pro through the program on the Union app and everything like that is that you have to recognize the fact that there are so many goalkeepers being evaluated, especially at the initial phases uh, by the programs. You need to make the job as easy for possible for the recruiters, right? Absolutely. And I think, you know, in today's day and age, it comes down to that the content you're sending them and your videos, um, you know, we've gone over that on the show before, but, you know, reach out in the app to, to myself, to other coaches that are in there that can help you look other mentors that can look over your video and tell what you're missing, tell what to highlight, tell what ke- coaches are looking for. So that video is instantly something that somebody wants to look at. Somebody wants the other coaches in their group to look at and, and kind of grabs their attention, you know, and, utilize this don't go on what your mom or your dad says or so on and so forth you've got to you've got to utilize it it's a tool that's there for you brody yeah, we saved you that. we saved you Sorry, don't guys. worry we we, 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 we filled oh my god we we filled in we filled in um when we, we, See, we went on the call this is the adapt the... got to be able to adapt this exactly <laughs> you guys are unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> the best so i'm sorry it, about that no <laughs> no no worries, man. It's it's the flexi it's the flexibility of the moment um, of, of of being through all this. I mean, come on, we did we did like you know three four shows a week during COVID, you know. And you talk about the amount of bandwidth that was actually available on the on the internet at the time. There was none because everybody was on at the same time, so things would go drop and 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 audio would go out, all, all that sort of stuff. So we're we're good with it. Uh, we're used to we're yeah, used to it. Um, it. Let's let's talk about the prioritizing of, of the, and the profiling of the players here. Right. So you've yeah. got that database and then you yeah. kind of go through that database and go, okay, here's the 50 players around the world that I think might work in this environment. Let, how do we narrow down and say, do we actually attack um, and, exactly. and, and, and actually engage with this to see if they're interested in coming into the environment? So there it's about knowing, I think what uh, what you're wanting to look for. You've got to have a you've got to have an outline of the type of player and person that you want to have involved. Um, and oh. f- for example, um, with Gotham, we're looking for you know we want we want to play high. We want to be great with the ball at our feet, um, and then we want to be able to make big one on one saves because of you know how we defend high. There's going to be a lot of space behind, and if we can't like go and deal with that. In the first case, we'll have to get it back and recover, so on and so forth. So they're, they're the first key things to look for. So we can cancel out people who don't have a very high starting position. We can cancel out people who, mm-hmm. you know, aren't, um, you know, their distribution isn't great, things like that. So um, that's just a very snapshot version of looking at it. But it's key to have your own version at your college or your club or your organisation to know how do you want your goalkeepers to play or in a very brief sense in all moments of the game. And how does that align to the team, um, the team components? And I think there's a couple of slides coming up next that we'll see um, actually that will sort of show a, an example of that. But um, here you go. You can see here on the, on the left, there's an example of like how the team model on the left side in the left in possession photo, there's like the team, team models behaviors, and then there's the goalkeeper behaviors. Um, and you should just have all of those uh, clear. Um, and then that's what you're looking for. You're using that to mark against the goalkeepers you're looking for and to cancel out 
um, you know, anyone who doesn't fit to make that that list narrower. And then from there, you use things like collaborating with other scouts and triangulating people's opinions, other technical coaches, general management, um, and other like you can use your your, your platforms, your Y scouts, your stats bombs if if they're in those leagues that get those done. And then you start bringing all that information together. Um, and then again, through that process, you'll filter out a few who might not fit or might not be, um, you know, fit on some some way, shape, or form. And then you'll have a, a short list of, you know, hopefully, ten to five players that then, mm-hmm. you know, the rest sort of gets taken care of itself. The, the right one will will get found, hopefully. And that's the that's the that's the idea. I, I want to talk about this introduction meeting thing because Suskia, you can, and you've gotten, you've know this, you know, going through the college process, you know, recruiting process is that someone can on paper be everything that you're looking for, for your environment. And then you have the conversation with them and you go, Oh, realize that they're not going to fit into the environment because certain intangibles were not, not showcased, you know, on game film or mm-hmm. scouting reports or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, I've been in that boat before and a lot of that is, um some of that comes down to the personality of the person as well and a lot of it does and i've had like everything on paper looked great but then the conversations is just a mess it's just not not going to sync with the you know the culture that you've created and and that is incredibly important and you know it goes back to what i said about you know you could have somebody that checks all those boxes but isn't a team player in a sense that isn't you know, they're maybe not going to, they're not the starter and they're off moping in a corner and they're useless for me, you know? And so those are things that are just as important. I like what Brody said about, you know, you have, it it really comes down to, you know, narrowing that pool down to who's going to fit into the style of play that you want. We saw that in the expansion draft with Bay, you know, they want to play on the front foot. They want to push forward. They, they, their mentality is like having their outside backs like Didasco, who's going to run that flank and get in and get in. Like he said, he does not play defense, but he needs a keeper that is really solid and comfortable with their feet, can bypass lines on a dime, and plays high off their line. And, you know, they, they grabbed Kalen, and, which was great, but I know that they're going to go look for other keepers that fit that bill as well. So it's not just like, oh, this is a great shot stopper, you know, and stuff like that, but she might not fit into your, your mold whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I want to say this right here, you know, Brody, I, I question for you, you know, that I have. And I'm just again, thinking out loud here, like, mm. do you do things like if you're going to bring a goalkeeper into your environment, let's say you're in advanced talks with a the goalkeeper to come in as a free agent or as an international discovery player or something like that. Um, mm. Do you have them in meet the current goalkeepers within in the environment, you know, the current goalkeepers that are at Gotham or or no? Um, that would that would be a step in the process. It's probably a later one. So, you know, they'll have the the initial conversations sort of just with agents in the club, and then um, it'll be a conversation with club goalkeeping coach or technical staff and and the player. And then from there, it yeah, it could be to speak to the other goalkeepers, get an idea for the field. But a lot of these, well, in this league anyway, a lot of the players talk to each other. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and they all just they all just talk to each other and ask each other a lot you know questions they don't they don't, they don't muck around like that um but that definitely is something to consider is to to see if they've got past relationships because you know you see a lot of the goalies you know i'm using nwsl as an example after the after the game you can see a lot of the goalies sort of grouped together and they have chats for a little while and because they've all you know maybe worked in certain environments together mm-hmm. um but you also might see some that don't mix and so that you know that's something to note because uh, you might go well maybe they won't work too well together as a three but maybe those two would they've had experience together so they are definitely things you want to think about um and then like in this uh in, in the introduction meeting structure that i had out there before it's a good opportunity to ask certain questions um and you can ask certain questions to the goalkeeper to ask them how they're going to respond to certain situations. If they think they're a first choice and they get dropped, for example, how will they respond? You can throw that stuff out there to see the mentality and to see their um, the ideas that are in their head. Obviously, it's easy to say something different to do something in practice, but in that conversation, um, you can ask those questions, and I would I would encourage to. Um, yeah. yeah. 
what what if Susk, what if there's a goalkeeper out there, you know, that's such a camp miss prospect that even though there might be some red flags and go, oh, you know what, I don't think they're going to work in our system. It is worth it for us to bring them in and see if we can make them work in our system. Is that a bad idea? You think, Susk? Well, I mean, listen, first of all, you have to take some ownership as a coach and as a staff that you have to take multiple personalities and be able to mix them together and play. You can't have everything's not going to be perfect, (laughs) you know, but you have to create the environment to deal with that. And so if there's this absolutely blinding Herman Trophy winning goalkeeper that could go in the top five out of the draft, and you have that, and you need a keeper, and you have that option, then it would behoove you to take the goalkeeper, like, you know? And, and you know, I, I really don't think there's that kid that has that red flag that this is a horrible human being, don't bring them onto your team. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there could be, but I mean, I, I, I don't know. There's been some goalkeepers out there that have got but, some, some got, got yeah, some history. What? Guess what? You can always be traded, cut put on waivers and everything like that so you you know but you have to as a staff and a coach take you know that's like saying okay michael jordan was is a jerk (laughs) which he isn't but we're gonna pass on it you know and (laughs) hopefully you can make it work because you would have wanted that's management right that's the the art of management so that's a whole nother whole nother podcast that one yeah. Um, let, let, let's talk about these uh, these mistakes that people make that young coaches make. Um, and, and by young coaches, I, I might not you know even be talking about like age wise. I'm just talking about experience wise uh, in this process. Um, by I, the way, I love Michael the, Jordan's a wonderful guy. I just didn't want to say that. Really. <laughs> the, the example was it was just an perfect, example. Perfect, perfect okay. example. I don't want to get like hate, hate mail. <laughs> I, I, I can just I can just see Susk like putting on like a Jumpman logo hat right now. Oh, I being like he's fantastic he's fantastic where is it go and get it Sask. my <laughs> autograph copy of air like <laughs> um, um, great movie let let, let my, my favorite thing here about the these mistakes and and, and obviously you know Bert, if you can get into these for the people who are, who are yeah. listening to the podcast and not watching the the, the presentation here being yeah. too complex too early i think that personally i think that hands down is the biggest mistake i see of of young coaches in the preseason yeah, I think I think that's the case. I think it's a young, you know, it's just a young person thing. You just want to get all, all your information. You want to know, show how much you know and how much you can help them. And you want to do it all at once. Um, I think that's very natural. But if you can sort of just control and realize that seasons, uh, it's a process, and you've you've got time to deliver things. Um, that's sort of the key, um, as well as just the way that we are as humans and as learners. Like if you you, you can't give everyone everything at once, they won't take it all in. So you've got to kind of structure how you're going to teach and how you're going to learn and what you want these people to to learn um, over the period of time you're working with them, which goes back to the first couple of slides where we talk about, you know, knowing knowing where they're at and having a plan for them or having a baseline for them when they come in um, because that will allow you to make sure that you, you know, you don't have to do everything because you'll already know where their maybe weaknesses are and where their strengths are. You'll have an idea of, already which way to sort of prioritize and which way to um you know go um i think that's that's a key and then other things to consider are like do you want them to take like do you want them to be learning over short short blocks um and or do you want them to be learning consistently over longer blocks or you know a short block is one to two weeks or even every day are you trying to get them to learn something just new every day or do you want them to be consistently learning over over two two week blocks and and there's no right or wrong way to do it it's just depending on what you want to get out of it because you will you will get um you know you'll get longer term learning results if you focus on similar things across a, a longer period of time but what you don't you might not be able to do with that is touch on all different aspects of the game in two weeks for example um you you might not be able, you might just do defending the goal for a whole week and that might be a way to do it and you'll get long-term learning like it'll drill in long term but you won't get the short-term sort of learning so there are things to think about um and then i think a big one for me that i've learned especially going into last season and, and seasons i've done before was getting everyone on the same page and it's, it's only in the season uh in the slide <laughs> prior there's like a 
we did an induction meeting for the goalkeepers. Um, basically what that was, I sat down with the keepers and showed them how all of the the preseason was going to work, how our training was going to work, how I work, um, everything like that. And I think that was key because it, it allowed me to set the expectations for them to know the exact context. There was no gray area. There was no room for assumptions. It was like, this is how we're going to do it. This is what we're doing. These are our goals. This is how we're going to achieve it. We can evolve and adapt within that, but this is our framework. Um, and then another key part was also to get the team on the same page as the goalkeepers, which was that slide. I think it's called prepare. It's got the goalkeeper with the arms and the team model next to it. I think it's slide 13, but that one there, um, that one is with a presentation. These are just slides from the presentation. So it was a little bit more in depth, but I would speak to the whole team with the goalkeepers and say, right in these moments, when you're doing this as a team, this is what your goalkeeper is doing behind you um, in possession, out of possession. And I think that taking 15 minutes to do that at the beginning of the preseason, but, you know, will give you a lot of players, a lot of confidence, a lot of trust. And then they've got uh, a direct way to keep each other accountable in the certain moments of the game. Cause then they can't go, Oh, what were you doing? They know exactly what they should be doing and what moment based on where the team is, what they're doing, so on and so forth and so on. Same with the, you know, how they communicate when they want the ball back at their feet. It's very simple. Everyone should basically be doing this, but it's outfield players now know if you see that, that's what you're expected to deliver. If the keeper is oh, asking I... for that ball out in front and you don't do it, well, that's on you because you should, you know what I mean? So these are these are things to raise the level, raise the standards, keep them accountable, um, but also make those relationships stronger. Uh, th 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 this is one of those head-exploding moments for me. Saskia, right here. No, seriously, I, I honestly have never thought about this before. It's such a simple idea is that in the preseason is to have the goalkeeper coach speak with the outfield players and explain the game plan for the goalkeeper. And now literally everyone's on the same page. Yeah. Oh my God. I can't believe I've never thought about that before. God, to be honest, so easy. Neither, neither did I for a long time. And then I was just, and then we was just like, you know, why not? Like, let's just get everyone understanding so that there's no room for it. Like no one can assume, no one can go, Oh, I didn't know. I didn't. Yes, you did. <laughs> that's what you need to be doing. Um, and that's what we're training wow. to do. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's just keeping it simple. And that's what I mean. Like, keep it simple. Don't overcomplicate wow. it. It's, it's, a, it's a simple game. Wow. Um, uh, Go ahead, go ahead, Brody. What were you about uh, to say? Um, no, that was the, that was the biggest one. I think those two things is meeting with the goalkeepers, get them on the same page, and then having the meeting with the team. They were two massive, massive parts of of uh, a successful preseason, as well as obviously the surveys to get to know the people uh, themselves. Yeah. So last thing I, I want to say is, and and Brody, I appreciate you taking the time because I, you know, I don't know if you're going to go back to bed now or you know, if it was me, I'd, I'd be going, back, I'd be going back to bed now for another it's, couple it's hours. It's coffee time. Remember the coffee. And, and it's summer. And it's, it's summer there. Oh, that's so right. It's summer. Let me try and tell you how hot it was yesterday in <laughs> Fahrenheit. Ridiculous. Like I haven't been this hot for a long time, but I'm really bad at translating. So it was yesterday, like. Oh, almost a hundred. <laughs> Crazy! Oh my God! No thanks. It's yeah, summer. Yeah, no thank you. It is summer, but I mean, like, I'm I'm used to New Jersey now. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you were in New Jersey right now, it you would be under flood water warning right now. Oh <laughs> so what? It's what? Seriously? It's like flooding. And it's I like was flooding just over in there? New Jersey. So. Well, yeah, yeah. I'll be back in a week, I think. Well, so. after after the expansion draft, I went down to see my family, so. Oh, uh -oh. Uh -oh. So I stayed a couple extra days. By the way, I really appreciate the the thank you emojis right here with the the shaking hands. The the, 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 the it's, it's, I'm it's I'm cool. I'm a yeah I'm a very uh, <laughs> you know what I'm like I love my emojis I love my emojis. I do too I I I use them over I overuse them as Susk trust me I use them way too. I only use much. like I only use like three. <laughs> I I use them literally all the time. But I use the same but, ones all the time. I can't tell you. They're my ones but, right there. Yeah, and the love heart and the thumbs up. By yeah. the way, there's a gr there's a great Key and Peel sketch uh, from from a, from a while back where it's two people texting each other and both of them are get, having a completely different point of view of what's going on in this conversation. It's so <laughs> funny and it's so true. I can't tell you how many people 
like people really, I, I can't tell you how many people I'm like, I think well, I, use, I can't believe you've gone on this tangent, but I use emojis in conversation <laughs> because I want the person to know my mood because yeah. I feel like you can, if you're in a bad mood and you read a text and you're going to interpret that the person's being a jerk to you when yeah. that's not their tone of voice. So I use like a smiley face. So they know yeah. like whatever uh, I'm yeah. Very wise. Very wise. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, okay. so, so just sends me a lot of those, like those faces, like, yeah, and right, like right there, <laughs> that face oh. right there. Um, oh man. Well, uh, well, sp you know, speaking of uh, speaking of thumbs up, uh, you're gonna be able to give us a thumbs up live, uh, in person in a couple weeks, everybody. We're gonna be at the United Soccer Coaches Convention in Anaheim, California, January 10th to the 14th, uh, live inside the 18 shows there, and more. Uh, you can register at United Soccer Coaches dot org uh, we got a special promo code for a massive discount on the union app uh but you got to be a member on the union app in order to get that discount that is the way that works brody are you going to be in anaheim uh i will not be in anaheim this year they aren't uh they, they're not they don't have too much need for taking all of the staff this year so i'm uh, extending my holiday in australia by about four days there's my thumbs up emoji <laughs> thank you there's, there's mine. <laughs> Your your thumbs up emoji. Um, but what? But if you are, if you were going to be in Anaheim, uh, you would be discussing. You would go be coming by the booth, and you would be checking out the Union uh, goalkeeping app. Uh, by the way, everybody, uh, Brody is a pro mentor on the Union app. Uh, he's going to be starting to do sessions uh, within the next few days or so. Uh, momentarily, he's got his channel up there. Uh, we'll be getting him one of these hats uh very soon so he's got that already in his bio on instagram he's got the union uh union app so that's that's pretty awesome that was pretty cool when i saw that yesterday i was like whoa wait a second what's going on here who just yeah, who just, like, who just I, added us to our bio i was like why isn't that not up there it's slow to that one i'm i'm a tech uh tech dinosaur i'm i'm really bad at it all I I'm, do that. I'm, I'm more of a tech dinosaur than you and i'm an owner <laughs> we can do it Sus. we can do it I, I don't even know Sus has the app yet. Um, no, I'm just totally oh kidding. Oh my she, god, she, Mike! She she does. She, I said Merry Christmas to everybody. Enough. Uh, um, uh, Brody, why why was it important for somebody like yourself, uh, you know, you know, coaching at the highest level to uh, to become a mentor in a, in a in a program like this? I mean, I one of the first things that comes to me is if I had access to this ten years ago, something like this ten years ago, uh, I, I couldn't even imagine, you know, how much development and access and and you know content and education that would give me as a coach let alone as a goalkeeper um you know like from australia i followed inside the 18 for as long as it's been around and that was basically the extent of what what we had so um access to so to to have access to some of the best minds going around some of the best content in one place is i think it's probably a world first for goalkeeping so i think it's unreal i really do um and it's an honor to be involved in it and i think that people should not take this for granted because this is the thing this t tool will be the thing that that um transforms the speed of goalkeeping development i think i think it really will it'll improve everything you know and by the way i, I think everybody can tell by the the, the cadence in uh in in his voice suskia uh there's that was not a paid uh sponsorship that was uh that was from the heart no i mean it right there yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks that, no, I mean that mean that means a lot, man. I mean, I mean, we're really excited to have you on board. If, if people are not familiar on how it works exactly, uh, we're just going to kind of show a little uh, tutorial so everybody can kind of see here. Obviously, here's a little bit of information on the app. If you're not on there, my favorite part about the whole process is the is the mentoring sessions uh, with people like Brody. If you want to know how to do that, it's really simple. First, you have to join uh, through premium. It's four ninety nine a month or forty nine ninety nine a year. Uh, and then once you have access to that, you have access to literally everything on the, on the platform, including all the exclusive content. You can DM people like Brody, you can do mentor sessions, e-course breakdowns, analysis, college recruiting, all sorts of fun stuff. Um, and it's very simple. You just go to one-on-one -on -one coaching. If you want to do a session with Brody, click on that. And then you look and see, uh, I, I did, should have made this a lot bigger, but you see Brody right there, uh, next to Antonio Carrera from FC Dallas. And uh, you click on him, you see when he's available, and uh, I can't read that. Um, maybe I need to get those reading glasses that Sus, Sus <laughs> cat out earlier. Maybe I should get those. You and me, Bob. They're still yeah. on. <laughs> uh, there's, 
you, you click on Brody, you find out his schedule, and then uh, then you cross book now, and it's very simple. And then you set up a session, and then uh, you guys can chat about whatever you want and uh, do sessions on whatever it is that you want to do. Um, I mean, honest, honestly, total game changer, in my opinion. And shout out to everybody who I've been mentoring already and the people who I know have been getting some great uh, experiences with different mentors. Uh, shout out to some of them. I know Chris Sharp, Sharpie, Colorado Rapids. You know, you've been doing some great work uh, out there. Sergio Gonzalez. I know you've been meeting with some people. Uh, Liv Sakaney over at Racing Louisville. I know you've been meeting with some people. Uh, Melissa Paramo, you know, a uh, sports psych person. Uh, a lot of a lot of cool people. Um, so really, guys, just go on the app, Google Play or Apple Store, download the app, get on premium. It's totally worth the investment. Less than a cup of coffee. A month, you get this. I know this sounds like an ad read, but I'll be completely honest with you. Um, I I'm learning from it, and and if I'm learning from it, then you can be learning from it. Um, whether you're a coach, a player, a parent, whatever. Um, with that all being said, uh, we're gonna let Brody uh get to it and enjoy the rest of his holiday here. Uh, if Brody, if people want to connect with you, um, over on the Union app, uh, what what's your handle? Uh, it's Brody K Sams. B-R-O-D-Y-K-S-A-M-S, and it's the same as my Instagram. So, um, yeah, Brody K. Sams. Would love to would love to connect. I lo- love it. Obviously, you can reach out to Suskia at Suskia on the Union app. You can reach out to me at Goalkeeper Podcast on the Union app, or if you have a guest suggestion or a topic suggestion, contact at InsideTheEighteenMedia.com on email, or just DM me at Goalkeeper Podcast, and, uh, and we will we will get to it um i i am very proud of myself because uh, i've been sick the last few days and uh i lost my voice this is the first time i've been talking like this long in like three days or so so i'm very very proud of the fact that i made it through this podcast and only i thought i was going to start losing my voice and i am emoji starting to hands lose my voice. clapping yeah oh yeah, yeah the clappy hands the clappy hands, hands. um well, I, I want to say this to anybody out there who I, I know some people had signed up for uni, uh, for mentoring sessions with me on the app and, and I had to reschedule for you. I, I just didn't have a voice and I want to make sure that I can give you, you know, the, the most of, of my energy uh, when we do these. Um, all right, Brody, uh, any, any, anything else you want to say before before we wrap up? No, I mean, thank you. Thanks for having me again. It's always a real honor to, to, to jump on and talk with you guys. Again, like I say, I, I've, I've watched you guys from a, a long way away for a fairly long time. So it's a real honor to be on the on this with you guys. It's, it's, I, yeah, dream come true for me. So Hey, I, really I, got two cha- I got two champions. I got two champions on the podcast at the same time. I love this. <laughs> Two champions. So cool. It's, it's, it's not often that you keep doing your thing, making the goalkeeping <laughs> world and the world a better place. Uh, we will, we will do what we can and we'll, you'll have to send us the address to see how we can get this, uh, this hat to you. Maybe we'll have to send it to New York. So it's easier when, uh, and you'll get it when, uh, when, yeah, when, yeah. Well, I'm, when I'm you back when in you a land. week or so. So oh, okay. that would be, uh, that would be cool. And I do love my hat. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, it'd probably yeah, be a hell of a really lot cool. cheaper to send it to Jersey than it is to send it Please to Australia. Please don't. To be fair, <laughs> when I first sent something to Australia last year, when I first got stuff, I had like $1,000 worth of stuff. It got lost. Didn't even get there. Oh. Oh, well. Okay, get we, there. Def- we definitely won't we'll send, send it to, to Australia Jersey. then. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, all right, guys. Best. All right, That's bro, all, bye, Mike. all the time on Inside the 18, and we are out. Later, guys. Happy New Year. Bye. Happy New Year. Yeah. Yeah.